Shut up and sit down. So again, we can just talk about how you told an 11 year old to fuck off at my wedding. Look, I had had a significant amount to drink. A lot. Which and, is... um, like, I don't remember this happening. I am being told this, you know, secondhand, because I firmly blacked oh, out. Oh, thirdhand, because I did not witness this. Oh, okay, so this is, like, all thirdhand knowledge. Apparently, um, <laughs> mid, uh, hammer pants, hammer time, Jessica, uh, some 11-year-old named Parker came up to me. He's my went, nephew. <laughs> well, he came up to me, and he was like, how much have you had to drink? Not, so like, lo- it was a gin, it, I think maybe... Your drinking is to the point that sixth graders are concerned about it. Perhaps. Well, that's fine. <laughs> because he was promptly told to fuck off. Fuck off. By an adult lady. Also. <laughs> by a grown woman. Yes, truly. But also, welcome back to The Less Dead, a podcast where two friends chat about lesser known crimes, marginalized victims, and missing white woman syndrome. I'm Amber Frangi. And I'm um, a mess. Also known as Jessica Jones, the artist formerly known. <laughs> the artist formerly known as. Uh, and we're back after a they long... They couldn't see me, like, cheers my beer, but... I think they just assume you're drinking. At this point, it's fine. We oh, all just assume you're drinking. They don't know. I'm off my tuberculosis... My tuberculosis... My tuberculosis... Her TB meds are gone. I can drink. She was already drinking before that. But I was but, not drinking liquor. That's fair. But I am now allowed to drink liquor, which is why which I was is such dangerous. a mess. Because I hadn't <laughs> had liquor in a year. And then somebody handed me tequila, and that is not my fault. You're an adult. Also, we've been gone for, like, four months, unexpectedly, because I could not handle doing this or doing anything and planning a wedding, and I got married um, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, some shit like that. I should remember. (laughs) Who knows when you're... I don't even know what date it is today, so, like, it's just that. Yeah, Time is an illusion. I had a shit show day at the office myself, so, you know. That's the excuse. Well, you did have a shit show day. I'm sorry. Today was a shit show. There were many, many, many children in the office, and God knows how much that's not you just, fun. She was just dying to tell them all to fuck off, and then she couldn't. I would not. At any rate, uh, <laughs> you I feel like prove that. I feel like we should do some brief, I don't know, housekeeping items because it's been a hot minute. But I like I mean I don't have any updates other than we should have announced that we we're not gonna upload anything for several months and we didn't. So I'm very sorry. Yeah, um we are what I like to refer to as the um really messy. The height of messiness. Mostly you. I just you have not planned a wedding. It sucks like ass. Like the I wedding is in bridal. You sold people dresses. My and had friend. to listen to them bitch constantly about how stressful planning. Oh, it must be so nice to have a person who wants to tie themselves to you together. <laughs> With that, none of that was going right. <laughs> it really wasn't. God damn it. This is going to be like, I really hope nobody is listening to this as their first episode because it makes, it sounds like we're both very drunk. I'm not. She probably is. But. I'm not. I've had one glass of beer. Glass of beer. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I know, okay, I know what you so mean. I've got a um, 32 ounce can in front of me, so I'm pouring it into a glass to seem more like an adult and less like an alcoholic. I, I assumed you were trying to moderate yourself, but that's like your third glass, so you're doing my favorite like college trick where you get it down to like Yes, yeah, so you've never had like an empty glass, so it's still technically one glass. That's not how that works. Um, 
I'm hearing um, a lot of no's. Yeah, you're hearing a lot of judgment from your concerned friend. Have I died? Not yet. No. I don't. Which is a miracle. It really is. I don't. We, she, Ooh. somebody else had to call you an Uber again at the wedding. Which I cannot use Uber. So I knew for a fact banned. I hadn't called it. Anyway, we will spare you all of our rambling any yes, further. Yes, Because I know a lot of people hate that. But this week we're talking. We've been told many times how much yeah. they hate People hate ramblings. it when women talk about themselves. Who knew? Especially oh brown God. ladies. <laughs> anyway, this week we're talking about the murders of Roxanne Ellis and Michelle Abdil. Uh, we've actually recorded this before, but we had part of the reason we haven't been back yet is because we had some minor, actually major technical issues. Like Not a whole, even like major technical issues. We've had capital T, technical, capital I issues. Yeah, a, a huge problem with losing files and I stuff. I really hope nobody heard that. They probably did. I can try to edit it out, but... Honestly, leave it in. It's personality. It's just who you Seasoning. are. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, we've recorded this before, so... This is the second time I'm reading these. Hopefully it works this time because we're using a totally new platform. So we'll see. You you know what? We'll be optimistic. For you once. should pull up these notes too. I need to download the Google Docs oh. app. Again? Okay. Well We've been gone for four months. I needed space on my phone. I needed space. I needed space from all the information. It was okay. a lot of information. Well, I'm gonna get into the background while you get your shit okay. together. So Roxanne and Michelle which were, if you hadn't guessed, a lesbian couple. It is, as we're recording this, uh, coming up on the anniversary of Stonewall. I am gay. I just married a lady. So I figured, <laughs> what <laughs> what, a, what better time to cover a terrible case about the things that happen to people like me? Oh. Not terrifying at all. Um, April was uh, Child Abuse Awareness Month. Uh, oh, we can't even do child abuse cases anymore. No. But if we could... <laughs> We distinctly can't. Damn job. All right. Well, Roxanne and Michelle met at the office, well, the doctor's office, where Roxanne worked at the time. Uh, She was an obstetrics nurse, that is really hard to say, uh, who was raising two kids on her own after getting a divorce from her husband. Uh, Michelle actually took a job at the same office, and the two forged a... Found it. I'm very proud of you. The two clicked really fast. They just forged a super close connection, and eventually, after a very intense friendship, became partners. Uh, Most of the sources about their story refers to them as life partners, which was kind of the go-to verbiage for long-term gay couples at the time, since marriage equality was, like, super not a thing at all. Like, Like, not even close? I think this was at least... Like, even Europe was super far behind, so you knew where America was at. Yeah, this was seven, six or seven years before I think even, like, Boston or Massachusetts legalized, like, civil partnerships, which isn't technically oh, the same thing as marriage. Civil unions. Yeah, like, which was kind of the stepping stone. So this was this was in the 90s, so well before any of that. So, though they shared a happy and loving relationship, oh my god, notification sound. Though they shared a happy and loving relationship, life in Colorado Springs, where they lived, was very difficult. Uh, The city, which is known today as a vestige of conservative sentiment that's turned the state from blue to purple politically, uh, was getting... I know, isn't that sad? Was uh, I already don't like the color purple, and that makes... I like the color purple, but not when it's on a map. Oh, also, not the movie. The movie is great. I mean, like, the genuine color purple. (laughs) The movie is great. The the color purple actually, like, makes me angry. It literally makes me see red, ironically. (laughs) Well, at any rate, uh, living in Colorado Springs was really hard. It was getting increasingly more hostile towards queer people. And I'm, you know, I'm guessing all manner of LGBTQ people. 
Uh, but at this time, I think, again, this was in like the early to mid 90s. And I think hostilities and kind of conversations about queer people were like centralized on gay people because we didn't talk about trans rights yet pretty much at all, or at least not in the public consciousness. There were still activists, but, you know, as it were. So determined to find a more accepting place, the couple moved to Medford, Oregon, uh, where Michelle's mother lived. There, they opened a property management company, which proved to be very successful quite quickly. Uh, and when they weren't working on their business, they were fighting for their rights as emerging leaders of the local LGBT community. So beyond being a public example of just a healthy, happy gay relationship, which like we still desperately need because I think there is an assumption that amongst homophobes that like any gay relationship is inherently dysfunctional or dangerous or like harmful or, or whatever it's just bullshit. Like inherently sexual. Yeah, or it's like all about same. sex. They were very domestic. <laughs> like they were ra- still raising uh, Roxanne's children. So very you know wholesome, all American relationship. Uh, But beyond, you know, just kind of existing as an example, they also gave talks at local schools and appeared on local news shows advocating for gay rights. And according to another local activist named Donna Redwing, the couple also cared for gay men who were dying of AIDS. Like I said, this was in the early to mid 90s. So the AIDS crisis was very much still in the public. Yeah, in the public consciousness, a huge topic of conversation. There's still oh. kind of an AIDS crisis happening today, but it primarily affects people of color in the oh South, so nobody really talks president? about it. What was the name of the president? Reagan? Reagan. Yeah. If you want a really good deep dive into the kind of AIDS epidemic, go listen to Behind the Bastards. They did a uh, an episode. incredible two-part, yeah, two-parter on Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan and how they literally like created the AIDS epidemic. Yeah, or at least like ignored it before it became an epidemic to the point that they essentially created it. They basically created it. Yeah. They allowed it to happen. But at the time, uh, beyond, you know, their volunteer efforts, at the time, lots of gay people, gay peoples, gay couples, I'm sorry. Turning into me. <laughs> you know, your influence is too much. But lots of gay couples were leaving other West Coast areas for Oregon, a place that they largely found more accepting, going to go out on a limb and assume they are white couples because God knows Oregon does not like anyone who's not white. Once again, we talked about this. Did a great piece on Portland. But we also mentioned this in our last episode a billion months ago. So, well, we, we say our last episode with (laughs) strong quotation marks because it technically was our last episode for a very long time. It wasn't supposed to be, but but it just definitely turned into that. Happened. Because there were definitely like, People, people ask, ask. Uh, where what's, what's up, guys? But it's Jessica, okay. Did she, she die? Come back. Oh my god, it's fine. So this is mostly speculation on my part, but I think this migration is probably part of the reason, like the you know queer couples moving from like Colorado, Washington, even California. I think part of the reason, or this is kind of what fueled the reputation as Oregon and like kind of the Portland area specifically as this huge refuge for queer people and as like a hippie-ish kind of lefty place. Yeah. Which like obviously today we're finding out is not necessarily the case, but a lot of white supremacists. Yeah. Many a white supremacist. This was like almost 25 years ago. So, you know, different standards. Oh my God. The story of how Oregon became a state is horrifying. Wild. And wildly racist. And I mean, most states. Like, literally created as a state so that black people couldn't go there. Yeah, or Asian people at first. And then yeah. I think it just extended to all people of color until that didn't exactly work out. But, but <laughs> just anyway. Just like, can't come here. Yeah. 
But I mean, that never works out. It just ends up in a lot of, you know, people who look like us getting killed. So that's the whole thing. But despite their new home's thriving LGBT community, the city of Medford and Jackson County, where it was located at large, became embroiled in homophobic politics, uh, starting with a ballot initiative designed to thwart legal protections for gay people specifically. Uh, The legislation, which was titled Ballot Measure 9, God, I hate this, also grouped gayness with pedophilia, requiring public schools in the country or in the county to tell children these practices were abnormal and should be discouraged, which, like, fuck that. (laughs) Though, you know, obviously we're focusing primarily on Roxanne and Michelle's story. I do want to take a moment to talk about this type of legislation and the bigotry these women faced from a modern day perspective, even though... The 90s were not terribly long ago, but I mean, I was three we when this happened. <laughs> like, this was, it was a while ago. Um, but as a queer woman living through the hell that is 2019, and it is indeed hellacious, I feel pretty comfortable saying that sadly. Um, the, oh my god. Take him down. He's gonna fuck oh. all that stuff. All right. Okay. Sorry. Brief Sorry, cat Martin interruption. Was, like, on top of me. He does that. His balls were in my face. You're so straight. God. <laughs> It's Pride Month. Get out of here. (laughs) I'm kidding. But as, like I said, as a queer woman living today and like kind of the resurgence of all this awful we're seeing, uh, I feel pretty comfortable saying that this rhetoric, no matter like how long it's been, hasn't really gone away at all. And it's still almost even more prevalent in some ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Local activists in this very city faced a huge battle when trying to pass like a pretty simple human rights ordinance. And that was like, I don't know, two years ago, maybe less than that. And the idea that queer people are somehow a danger to children is, again, depressingly prevalent with pundits like Alex Jones and the like insisting. Yeah, well, you know, it's true. Like, one of his big things is that gays and trans people are just like pedos and we're all out to get your kids, which is fucking nuts. They put the chemicals in the water to make the freaking frogs gay. It was good. Thank you. You need to, like, really hurt your voice more, though, to get the, the likely likeliness. I don't know what you're wanting me to do. Stop. No. <laughs> None of that. They can't see the hand Stop. gestures, so they can't see how accurate they're making me upset. <laughs> but, again, pundits like Jones link pedophilia and queerness together all the time. Like, literally, the day I wrote these notes, which, again, was a few months ago at this point, he did that on his show. Like, the day I wrote these, in 2019. Um, the year of our... The year of our Lord 2019. So I'll find a different thing to put in there. Um, the year of our Lord Satan 2019. The year of our Gossip Girl 2019. Oh Stop. So all of that is to say, part of the reason I wanted to cover this case beyond it just like being Pride Month and this being a terrible thing that happened and falling into our purview uh, is that I fear how relevant it's becoming, especially like... The day we're recording this, there was an attack on a lesbian couple because oh a, god, because a that. bunch of guys asked them to make out in front of them and they wouldn't because like ew, don't ask women to make out with each other in front of you or anyone. That's gross. But again, our country needs to get its shit together. It's that, not going to. It's not going to. But anyway, back to the '90s. Back to the actual story. Thankfully for them, the Medford ballot measure didn't pass. Uh, But the organization pushing for it, the Oregon Citizens Alliance, or OCA, still fought very hard to oppress queer people. Uh, They later introduced the Ballot Measure 19, an initiative designed to restrict library access to materials related to homosexuality. Ooh, fun story about something related to that. Yes. Um, 
related to homosexuality. And books. <laughs> uh, so when I worked at the library, uh, me and one of the girls that I worked with, Sarah, were at, we worked over at the Mandarin branch, and we were mm-hmm. the first branch to create a uh, pride bookshelf. Aww. It was filled with kids' books that related to being gay, being queer, being trans, and then books for teens about um, being on the LGBT like spectrum and like dealing with that like mentally, physically, emotionally, Aww. just all of that. Um, and it got to the point where other branches started adopting it, and now they've pull- completely pulled the funding for it. Jesus fucking Christ, I hate this city so much. Yep. That that was such a nice story, and then that happened. It was so, like, wholesome and sweet, because, like, we would put out information for, like, um, Jasmine, Aww, uh, I the love Trevor Jasmine. Project. We put out information on, like, the suicide hotline and emotional hotlines, and they've completely pulled all of its funding. God. Again. I hate so the fun. city. And it's sad, too, because, like, we're one of the bluer cities in Florida, so, like, go figure that That's out. That's sad. I know. As of the most recent election, but still. It's sad that we're, like, one of the bluer cities when the county that I work in literally had swastikas painted all over. Well, it's a different SB county, but I see your point. Yeah, that's fucked up. Northeast Florida. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, ballot measure introduced to ban materials related to homosexuality. Uh, Michelle and Roxanne fought against this one as well, and eventually it also failed. Thankfully. But in addition to their activism legacy, friends remember just how positive and loving the two women were. Uh, Rhonda Loftus, who had moved to the area from Long Beach, remembers them very well, saying, They complimented each other, their personalities. This is how I'm going to memorialize them. Michelle was the flame that burns, and Roxanne was the candle that su- <laughs> the candle that supported her and gave her the energy and fuel to shine. I don't know what you're doing, but oh, you're correcting my typo. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I got you, fam. So we are moving on to the murders, unfortunately. Well, some additional background, but we're going to get into it. So on December 4th, 1995, around 11 a.m., Roxanne met with 27-year-old Robert Ackerman to show him an apartment. So like we said earlier, they had a property management company. They were just showing an apartment to a potential new tenant. Uh, Her daughter, Lori, tried paging her multiple times throughout the day, but was never able to reach her. Uh... Pagers. Oh, you were making that because you knew the <laughs> well, story. I like how I'm making like a cringe sound because I know what's coming up and you're like, oh yeah, pagers. Am well, I right? Do you remember pagers? Yes, they I were weird. Pagers. I'm sorry. This is a really depressing story to read during Pride Month. I remember pagers. I remember pagers. Anyway, unable to reach her throughout the day, uh, but around four that afternoon, Roxanne called Lori and said that she was going grocery shopping with no explanation for the unanswered pages or, like, where she was. And yeah, like, that's, like, the strange to, like, not acknowledge the multiple missed attempted contacts. Yes, and also, another note on pages, I promise this is relevant, it's not, like, a phone that, like, could be in your purse or something. Like, most people, at least from what I recall of... It was Growing constantly up in the 90s. It was on you. It. Like, it was literally on your body. Like, you would know if somebody was paging you. Yeah, if, like, I keep my phone in my purse. If it rings, or, you're not you know, necessarily on silent, I miss, you know, 18 text <laughs> messages and 10 phone calls. Um, trying to make sure you're alive. You just, like, can you ignore it. A pager is on your person. and buzzing. Yeah, and, loudly. like, you either feel it or hear it, so... You, can, you, you are wouldn't, not allowed to ignore it. Yeah, and, like, you wouldn't reach back out to somebody with no explanation for where you'd been or why you didn't respond, because that's weird. So just an hour later, uh, Michelle left the office saying Roxanne needed her... So she left the office where Lori was and said that Roxanne needed to meet up with... Or needed her to come, like, jump her truck because it was, I don't know, broken down, stalling out, whatever. 
So after not hearing from her mother for a good while longer, Lori drove over to the the apartment complex where Roxanne was supposed to meet the potential tenant. Uh, She saw her pickup truck in the parking lot, but it pulled away from her when she tried to follow it. The two were never seen alive again. So this is when it gets terrible. Uh, Three days later, the truck surfaced in a parking lot on the other side of town. In the bed were the bodies of Roxanne and Michelle. They had been bound, gagged, and killed by gunshot wounds to the head. Jesus. Yeah. I know. Their killer had wrapped them in curtains and covered them with cardboard boxes to throw off suspicion. Uh, Even before they had a suspect, the police knew this was a deliberate and calculated crime. Yeah, the wrapping, like, literally. Well, and all of the stuff leading up to it. Because, you know, they checked. There was nothing wrong with Roxanne's truck at all. It hadn't recently been jump-started. And they believe she had been with the suspect all afternoon, or been with the murderer all afternoon. So, normally... And I mean, I think we actually ironically did this with our last episode too, but normally we try not to talk a lot about perpetrators because it's not really the focus of our show. But with something like this, I do, I don't know, I think it's important to kind of like untangle kind of the motive. Behind yeah. It. Like when we're talking about hate specifically and like, I, in a way, I think you could categorize a lot of things we talk about as hate crimes because we're talking specifically about marginalized people. But I also... I don't know. I think it's particularly important to kind of untangle the background and the motives when you're talking about something that's as opposed to being motivated by anger or illness or, you know, that's explicitly hate. hate, I think, I don't know. It's it's It's, kind of important to understand the the reasoning behind that. Yeah. Especially as, you know, like I've said a few times, I think we're entering into an era where this stuff and most assuredly like hate crimes have, hugely picked up since 2016 and I don't know if that's going to slow down anytime soon so I do think it's important to kind of untangle the motives that these people have and the reasoning they give but anyway so though murders of queer people don't tend to get a ton of coverage I think especially during the 90s when it wasn't like I don't think a whole lot of people were concerned about it which is depressing to say but I think it's true uh Roxanne and Michelle's murders did get a quite a bit of local publicity I'm guessing due to, like, the recent happenings in the city pol- politically. Like, they and were big time, like, they're people activists. in the city. Yeah, and, like, it, I don't think it was a huge, huge place. So I'm guessing a couple of, like, well-known political figures, even if they were just, you know, volunteers, that being killed means something, you know? Especially in a town that small. Yeah. It's going to, like, draw a lot of attention. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, I mean, here there are a lot, like, we live in a huge city and there are a lot of different activist groups and if, one person, if, like, a queer activist were killed in Jacksonville, like, we would know about it, and people within the community would, but I don't know if, like, the news would pick it up. I hope they would, but I don't know. I mean, the problem with Jacksonville is that it's, like, five small cities inside of one big city. Yes. So, like, each, like, side of town is its own It's, like, Redneck New York, or, like, Redneck LA. Yeah, like, we have our own, like, boroughs. Yeah. So if you're not from that borough, you, you don't really not. know the political happenings of that borough. And, like, you might if you're connected to some other sort of, like, identitarian sort of yeah. like, po- politics. Like, if you're a queer person, you're going to know what's going on in, like, our Riverside area because that's kind of, like, the gayerhood. If you're, yeah. you know, a person of color, you're probably going to be plugged into, like, what's going on in, you know... We don't have any, like, little Italy's or little or Chinatowns, but, like, areas where, like, a lot of Arabs live or areas where a lot of Latinx people live or areas where, like, a lot of Black people live. But if you're not, like, plugged into those communities at all, 
you're not you might not hear about it. I don't think that was the case for Medford, at least from this story. Yeah. So uh, after seeing the great deal of local coverage about the case, cops got a tip from a woman who'd recently moved to the area with her son. Who she thought might be the killer, which, like... Oh, Jesus. Holy... Well, your mom yeah. thinks you're the killer. It says a lot about you. It says so much about what a piece of shit... And, like, I mean, murders are pieces of shit. That's not news. But, like, it says a lot about how bad of a person someone is if their own mother is, like, calling the cops to report them potentially murdering women. Yeah, like, your own mother is like, ooh. Like, that woof, sounds like dude. my boy. Like, <sighs> like woof, bruh. You yeah. gotta, like, chill a little bit. <laughs> Something like that. But anyway. I have a lot of um, southern beach bitch vernacular oh that God. really doesn't help me in instances like this. No. But the son that the woman was calling about was indeed Robert Ackerman, who was also under inv- investigation in Visalia, California, for the suspected homicide of a friend. So about a week and a half after the murders, he was tracked down to a motel and arrested, thank God. Which, like, sounds weird to say because, like... Fuck, please, but also yeah. this guy's a fucking murderer. But Robert's story contradicts itself really early on. Uh, in one jailhouse interview, he claimed he just wanted to rob the women because he was hard up for cash after losing his trucking job, and he was desperate to fund a trip to Las Vegas. This part is at least, like, we can laugh at this motherfucker. He literally <laughs> just wanted to, like, go to Vegas. No, he wanted... No, it's even better than that. Jesus he wanted to go to Vegas course. where he planned to meet up with a, a, an exotic dancer who he considered his girlfriend... I don't think that she, is so sad. I I'm guessing it's one of those situations where you like work at a club and a guy thinks there's something more going there's on. There's something it's more, like, but you're just I'm doing your a job. Service, you are giving me payment. Yeah, like you're just being nice because it's literally your job. <laughs> I think it was one of those. What the fuck? So at least, that, like, honestly, that's a little sad. It's sad, but because like, dude, it. are you so like? Incompetent, just as incompetent a that you genuinely think this woman, this woman is interested. Like in I, I know the type of straight guys who think like oh, dancers yeah. are in like all manner of people in like sex adjacent industries are into them, or even just like baristas. Like you know those d- dudes who like think where the, you're just like accidentally a little too nice because you're trying to get them to leave. Nice, like you're just like doing a customer service job, and they're like they assume you're like generic kindness that you give to everybody is flirting. Oh, God. It's like that. I think that's what it is. And obviously, if your titties are out, there's like a... It's very incel. But obviously, with like a job where it is like sexual and you are like, you know, burlesque stuff or stripping, like you're... There's like an element there where I think like guys who think they're entitled to women's bodies just assume you're there just for them and not, you know, to make a living. But anyway, uh, he said killing Roxanne and Michelle was a sudden impulse, but definitely one motivated by their sexuality. The following quote is fucking terrible, but I'm including oh. it because, like I said, I think I it's... I literally Im- already have goosebumps. It's so bad. I hate it. I hate it. I hate yeah, it. If My you- nipples are hard. I'm so angry. Ew. Don't talk about your nipples, dude. This <laughs> it's all I've got. It's not like I've got tits, <laughs> all right? Okay. So, like, if you that are... happening to you? No, I. And you get so mad that you get cold, so your nipples just get hard. No, I thought you're, you meant like only having nipples, which I'm an F cup. Like that doesn't happen to me. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you are a queer person and you're particularly sensitive to, I mean, I guess we're all sensitive to homophobia. But if you like super don't want to hear an aggressive example of it, skip forward like now. fifteen seconds. Yeah, but so he says, 
I don't care for lesbians. I couldn't help but think that she's 54 years old and have been dating that woman for 12 years. Isn't that sick? That's someone's grandma, for God's sakes. Could you imagine my grandma a lesbian with another woman? I couldn't believe that. It crossed my mind a couple times. Lesbo grandma. What a thing. Huh. I'm sorry, but the <laughs> lesbo grandma. I'm like, sorry, but that is literally hilarious. There are a lot of lesbo grandmas. Like, yeah. Like, that's... All over the fucking world. It happens. There are a lot of them. Because, you know, reproduction is a thing. Yeah. Even outside of heterosexuality. Yeah, you're not required to be a straight lady to have a kid and a grandkid. That's not how that works at all. Seriously. Truly not. So, anyway, I don't believe for a hot minute that he was trying to rob them. Because you don't, like... Like, especially after taking his own words into consideration. But even if he hadn't have just, like, ratted on himself... Why would you, like, hold someone hostage for a super long time if you're just trying to take their money? He had a gun. He could have just, like, scared the shit out of her and mugged her. Like, Seriously, if that's what he was trying to lot, do. Like, you, it would have saved him quite a bit of time. That's horrible. But, I mean, it would have, I mean, like... I'm just saying, if he's thinking about this logically... Like, like people get mugged all the time. Yeah. And, like... And a, which is horrible. It takes, like... But... It takes, like, two minutes to talk. Okay, stop advocating the benefits of mugging people. I'm just I'm saying. advocating the benefits of mugging people outside of, like, fucking murder. My point is just that if he was trying to steal their money, he could have just done that. You're yeah. not required to murder people. He didn't people. need the theatrics. Yeah. <laughs> the theatrics. He didn't need to murder two women in cold blood. But... It's worth noting, though, that uh, he did. Did you really think people were going to fall for that excuse? I hope not. I mean, he does say that he was he was spurned to kill them because they were gay. So I guess that's as much a confession as anything. But yeah, like, if he actually thought this was going to work, he's like stupid, stupid. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's the brightest. He thought Shock. a stripper was his girlfriend. <laughs> And she was just a lady who danced for a living. She was just doing her fucking job. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. Just going to work. Like, she's just trying to work and he's like, she's trying to do her job. She's just ready to propose, like, bruh. And, like, I know. How sad are you? I know a lot of dancers oh, and God. I cannot tell you how many times some, like, like they get fucking Ugh. proposals from dudes like this. Like, like, you're joking, but that's a thing. Oh, I was at my friend's apartment complex yesterday and they were having this, like, ping pong pbr thing Um, that's aggressively white yes it was also aggressively a good time shockingly um but one of the like property managers like he was like hey there's all this like free beer do you guys just like want to take it with you before you leave and we're like uh fuck yeah how is this related to the matter at hand i'll get to that okay um so i'm like loading up my purse with free beer right this is what you did at my wedding with wine but okay I like free shit. Like so, I like free alcohol. <laughs> so I'm like loading up my purse with beer, and he looks at me and he's like, I like you. I like you a lot. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Thanks. <laughs> so I'm like, keep loading up my purse, and he's like, what are you doing next February? And I was like, I'll fucking know. What? And he's like, I always wanted a February wedding. And I was like, all right, well. Who's um, he kidding? I hope he was kidding. I'm not sure. Oh my god. I'm genuinely not sure. Men are something. Men are stupid. I'm so glad I'm gay. But. God. Like, even reading this, I'm so glad I'm gay. Honestly, me, like, proves that sexuality is not, like, a choice. Because if it was, why would I continue to be Every straight woman I've ever met proves that sexuality is not a choice. Because why would you do that? Exactly. Like, Like, why would I continue to make these decisions? Certainly. But anyway, so it's worth noting, beyond uh, Roxanne and Michelle's case, that Ackerman also confessed to killing his friend in Vesalia. 
and was suspected of breaking into a friend's house and handcuffing her before demanding money. What the fuck? So he's just like a fucking monster. Cool. And a very bad criminal. Like, dude, if you're going to be a criminal, at least be smart about it. Or just don't do violent crimes. Maybe yeah, do... Like, just do white-collar crimes. They're literally oh violent. Or, may, I don't know, just, like, smoke weed and take a nap. Like, do that kind of crime. Like, white-collar crimes are, like, literally victimless. Who are you hurting, the You're stealing rich? money for... Well, I guess, yeah. Steal. Who are you hurting, the rich? All right. Yeah, be Robin cool. Hood. Steal from the rich and give it to all of us poor bitches. Seriously. That would I, be great. Please. I work for the state. I do not make a lot of money. Yeah, we make about the same. and It's fucking rough. <laughs> That's real rough. I'm literally on call next weekend. So sorry. Please. Send me money. (laughs) Please just Venmo us. Anyway, upon arrest, Ackerman declared that he wanted to be executed by lethal injection, though Oregon hadn't executed anyone in over 30 years. I hope Since the moratorium. So I haven't actually read the ending to this yet, but what I'm hoping for is that they said no you have to spend the rest of your life in prison uh, just wasting away Indeed. by yourself in a cell. Yeah, that's exactly what <gasps> happened. That's so fun. I love yeah. that for us. Not for him, so, but, like, for us. He was never... So, he was never executed because they don't do the fucking death penalty in Oregon. Yeah, it's also so fucking expensive. It's Why so much money. Why are Republicans all about the death penalty when it literally like wastes more kill money? things. But aren't they supposed to be... Fiscally conservative. Well, they're also supposed to be pro-life, but we know that's bullshit. So, like, I mean, come oh, on. You're so pro-life, but what about all of these children in foster care that are, Truly. like... Like, bruh. Like, we don't need to create more children for people who want to adopt. To there are so many. Care. But, at any rate, uh, anyway, he, sorry. he was never executed, but he was found dead in his cell on October 26th. 2018. I think he died in a lot of pain. Me too. But coincidentally, that's a day before my birthday, so I'm kind of considering that a gift. The 26th. That's uh, my wife's birthday, but a day before Ooh. mine, also. That's, but that's so fun to say my wife. It's my wife. <laughs> really hard. It's really my hard wife. not to do a Borat impression when you say that word. It's also like, I feel like I am aggressively asserting my sexuality every time I say it. Because, like, fiancé is very nebulous. Like, it could be anyone of any gender. But wife is pretty aggressively feminine. I love that for you. It's a lot. Because I got real comfortable having, like, a gender-neutral term for a while. But now it's just like, hope you don't want to kill gays. (laughs) Like, oh, I hope you're super chill. Meet Moe. Like, it's like, I hope you're a Democrat, I have a wife. Like, that's what it is. If not, I hope I make you very uncomfortable yeah. right now. Just, like, so uncomfortable, you're gonna go home and tell your wife how gross I am. But just keep it to yourself. Oh my god. Um, well, we should wrap this up, because that is the end of the story, and not a wildly satisfactory end, but at least the motherfucker's dead, which sounds terrible. I kind of... Eh, I don't feel that bad about it. I, like, I hate saying that because, I, I mean, I am very anti-death penalty a lot for a lot of the reasons you said. Like, it's, I mean, I think it's state-sanctioned murder, but I also think, like, so sit expensive. with what you did for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's literally such a waste of taxpayer dollars. Yeah, and it's also, like, a lot of... When the, that money could be going towards, like... Kids in need, queer yeah. people in need, like... Could be just, literally going to anything else. Disadvantaged people in general, as opposed to, like, billions of legal fees. Jesus H. Yeah. So that is all we have for y'all this week. Oh, I'm also going to apologize for my rambliness because I know I did do that a lot this episode, but you know what? It's okay. It's a really good welcome back for them. Jessica getting off target? Who would have fucking thought? Yeah, who would have thought you couldn't focus? Who fucking knew? My ADD is out to play. 
We should probably tell you where to find us on the social medias. You can find us on uh, Instagram at the Lestead, on Twitter at Lestead Pod, the Lestead Pod, the, the Lestead Pod. You can find us on. Uh, you can send us an email to uh, the Lestead Podcast at gmail dot com. Is it you the Lestead or is it it's just the Lestead? I think it might just be Lestead. It's not the Lestead Podcast at gmail dot com. If you want to send us any suggestions or constructive criticism or if it's gonna be hateful criticism make it funny make it funny please for the love of god but i have uh, a fragile ego both it's a very big ego but it's very fragile it's pride month so if you say anything too mean to me it's homophobic i just spit out my beer a little bit (laughs) i'm funny but (laughs) it's also kind of in my nose i'm so sorry but anyway we will be back hopefully in the next short episode yeah for us this isn't like a, a wildly Like, I mean, blessedly, the person who did this horrible thing was caught. So this isn't one of those cases where, you know, like when black and brown women are killed and it takes 20 fucking years. Jesus. Like one of those. These were gay ladies, but white gay ladies. This might be the first case with white people we've ever had on the show. So sorry. We've got it. No, I'm like pretty sure this is it. And we will be back to our regularly scheduled melanated content next week. I'm literally going on... Right. We'll take this stage. off air, uh, but we're well, out. no, because we did one on especially heinous, and that was a white person, right? No, she's black. <laughs> Fuck. You're just assuming Jessica's I'm... a white name, but I'm telling you, I've never met a white Jessica. <laughs> I tell you that all the time. I never have. Um, Other than Jessica Simpson, but I haven't met her. Anyway, we will be back next I think week. People recently haven't met her either. No, we will... that's Britney Spears. Oh, never God. mind. Take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Goodbye.